I think one of the things that, one of the moments that I'm proudest of is usually when I meet the kids and the kids will tell you that their mother is completely different and that, you know, she's completely changed and that they were so proud of, um, so proud of their mother. I think that's, that for me is one of the most touching, um, touching moments that we have. And we, we usually have that when we have graduation and, and they come to see the graduation. Um, but that to me is, is the biggest compliment. Hello, my name is Sabri and you're listening to the Now I See Me podcast. This week's guest is Chiara Gandhi. She's an activist, speaker, and expert raising awareness about gender equality and diversity. Chiara is the founder of Led by Her, a nonprofit that works on women's entrepreneurship, innovation, and women's rights. In partnership with business schools and corporations, the organization delivers an entrepreneurship program to help women who have suffered from violence rebuild their lives through entrepreneurship. With a community of over 250 volunteers, the organization offers courses, individual mentoring, and hackathon events co-organized with the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Led by her, recently launched Found Her Lab, a digital platform coded by Capgemini to mobilize companies worldwide around women's entrepreneurship by offering pro bono skill-based volunteering to women entrepreneurs locally. Chiara has launched a podcast, The Other Half, which interviews male leaders and CEOs around the world on the subject of gender equality in their personal and professional lives. Prior to founding Led by Her, Chiara worked at the European Bank for reconstruction and development to maximize the gender impact of the bank's investment. She graduated from Harvard and has a master's from Science Po and LSE. In today's episode, Chiara will take us through her unique journey and will tell us why diversity and inclusion are more than ever important to today's society. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, Chiara. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so happy to have you and thanks for the for accepting the invite. Uh, let me start uh, this conversation by our usual question. Chiara, if you had the chance to meet your 15-year-old self, what would you tell her? So I would tell her that um, you should dream as big as you possibly can because um, whatever project, big or small, that you do, it will take a lot of time, energy, and require a lot of yourself. So big dreams are just as hard to realize as the small ones are. And, um, and so you might as well dream very big and accomplish great things. Um, and I think that the only limitation that we have to achieving our own really big dreams um, is ourselves. Um, and the only reason we don't achieve things, I think a lot of times is because of our own beliefs. So um, believe in yourself more than anybody else and believe that you can do great things and you, you will do them. Cool. And uh, did you have big dreams or small dreams back then? Yeah, well, I think I, I, I do think I did have pretty big dreams. Um, I didn't know what, what exactly I wanted to become, but I think I knew that I wanted to become a superhero of some kind. So... <laughs> 
I wanted to save the world in, in, in one way or another. Um, so I think I've found my way of, of helping contributing to the world um, a lot later as, as an adult. But I think I knew from a young age that whatever I did, I wanted it to have an, a big impact and an impact on others that was um, tangible and visible. Which eventually actually succeeded to do, uh, and which lead me to my next question, uh, talking about superhero and the impact. Chiara, you founded Led by Her, uh, which basically makes you a superhero uh, and having a lot of impact. Could you tell us about the, this organization you founded? Yeah, well, thank you. So I, I don't know if it quite gives me a, you know, a superhero status, but um, I think Led by Her for me was, was a great project because um, I had come from working in international organization in, in a context where we were working on very large projects with very large budgets to um, support women and better integrate women um, in, uh, in very diverse projects. But um, I had done things on a very large scale and, and I thought that to have an impact, you have to do things on a very large scale. And then led by her was really a community project that I built helping women who had suffered from violence transform their lives through entrepreneurship. Um, and my nonprofit was a very on the ground experiment where we helped in a way, very few women, but deeply transformed the lives of these very few women and the 250 volunteers who helped us do that. So I think that is, um, something that taught me that, you know, impact is not about, um, how, big your work is in numbers. It's not about how um, visible your work is, but it's more about how much you're impacting each and transforming each life um, that comes into contact with you and um, how much the deep change you create is. And, uh, and sometimes deep change can be a lot more important and significant than um, impacting millions of people. Absolutely. And could you tell me how did you start the, the experience and why mostly? Yeah, so I, I think I, I started because, um, you know, when I, I was young and foolish, so I it's great. I didn't know about all the obstacles and, and how hard things would be. So I think, you know, there's, there's definitely an advantage to starting things at a young age because you are very naive and so you you maybe have more courage because um you you don't see don't you don't see things and you haven't experienced things um and i i did it because i wanted to really um do something where i felt that i had a direct impact on women's lives and I wanted to see, you know, what was it like to actually help real women? What are the difficulties that they're going through? Uh, what can I create that is meaningful? And I want, really wanted to create a community project where, you know, I directly saw the people who were helping and they were part of, of a family. And the women that we were helping were also there and, and that everything was very, um, very tangible and, um, and concrete. Uh, in terms of, of the change that we brought. 
to people's lives. Um, and at the time, there were no professional reconstruction programs for women who have suffered from violence. So um, I, I think that it was a very important contribution because we were one of the first to say, okay, violence is something that does happen in the private sphere, but it does also impact a woman in the professional sphere. And therefore, when you're talking about violence against women, you cannot talk about violence against women without um, bringing up the subject of autonomy, independence, and leadership, and how you will get women back to that position of being, um, in a way, CEO of their own life, which is what we do through Led by Her. And I also really believed in, in entrepreneurship um, and getting more women uh, into entrepreneurship as, as something that could have a multiplier effect, because if you have more women entrepreneurs and you have more women bringing out new solutions and new voices that aren't expressed, um, and you then you have more women who are hiring other women or being role models for other women. So it really creates a, a very positive effect on the community as a whole to have more women entrepreneurs. But unfortunately, too few women today still become entrepreneurs because of the obstacles. And, um, and I wanted to make entrepreneurship also really accessible to women who did not have that chance in life and, and to show that, that through the right programs and the right support, um, we could actually bring about that transformation um, into a position of leadership and contribution. That's very beautiful. And actually, I found it a very uh, innovative approach, uh, so which like lead me to two questions. First of all, uh, why did you think about women that suffered from domestic violence? Uh, I mean, it's a very sensitive topic uh, and you had the courage to go there. But also then, how did you match that with entrepreneurship? Uh, how did you get the idea? Well, um, I had done a lot, a lot of um, gender work before doing, uh, before starting Led by Her. So I think, you know, that's where my ideas were formed. And um, I, I really thought that entrepreneurship could be a great means to um, bring about this transformation that I mentioned earlier of the person. So um, when we're talking about women who have suffered from violence, um, obviously their lives have been very impacted and there's a clear before and after. So um, I think entrepreneurship can be a great means to help build that after and create that transition and transformation, and, uh, and which is really important. And that transformation is, is brought about by um, by a program that teaches you most of all, like I said, how to become CEO of your own life, um, how to get to a place of autonomy and choice, uh, where you're um, you can really choose what you want to do and how you're going to do it. Uh, and I think a lot of uh, women in that situation they don't have that choice. So that that was the first thing that for me was really important to build. And then I also thought that autonomy was something that was that was crucial um, when we're talking about um, domestic violence, especially. Okay, thanks. Uh, tell me, how do you reach out to uh, those women? How do you recruit them, if I may say, uh, 
to get them be involved in the program? So um, we recruit women through many ways. Um, sometimes they come through they come through media articles that are written about the organization, or through social media, or they can come through a network of m- hundreds of organizations that work in France to provide the supports for women who have suffered from violence that, that are different from the ones that we provide. So, you know, that can go from shelter to housing to um, to legal support. And we are there to help that last part of, um, of transforming their lives uh, professionally. So we work a lot in, uh, in sync with other organizations doing the same thing. And um, women apply on our website and then they go through an ideation period where they get to test our program and develop their ideas um, and then decide or not to pursue. Okay. So I, I guess you, so you do mostly the professional part of the program and then other organizations do the personal, if I may say. But uh, is there any clash at some point? Like, do you, is it difficult for them at some point to move on with the process? Uh, do you have any support for that? So we, we did create the program um, thinking that a big important part of an entrepreneurship program, and I think you know this is probably true for any entrepreneurship program, is to include a significant component of personal development um, and that, you know, while, while you, you're teaching people things like, uh, doing a business plan or, um, marketing or any entrepreneurial skill at the same time, you also need to be working on developing the person and, um, and helping the person get through challenges and any entrepreneur goes through um, a significant number of challenges in um, building his or her project. And we thought um, for this public, it, it's even more important to provide that support. And so we worked with a coaching school called The Playground to help build that um, personal development program that accompanies uh, women in assuming that um entrepreneurial um, being and working on themselves. And um, there's also a a very big component of uh, coaching, which goes uh, hand in hand with um, the courses. And we have professional coaches who are working with the women um, to help their personal development. And of course, if there is um, something that goes beyond the means of, of coaching and the means of um, ha- how is this an obstacle for me that is stopping me in, in the present to build my future. And it goes more into the lines of, um, of past trauma or any other um, concern. Then we also work with other organizations um, where that type of support is provided. So I think it's really important to think that Led by Her doesn't exist alone. We we really exist in an ecosystem um, of other organizations, and that's true about um, violence against women, and that's true also about entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Uh, so how many women have you had so far in your program? So we've had more than 120, I think. 
so far. Um, we've started in 2014 and um, we've had about uh, 20 women, 20, 30 women per year um, who are taking the program. And um, and now we, we're on the sort of seventh cohort of led by her. Okay, <clears throat> thanks. So uh, could you tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about the transformation you've seen and uh, how impactful led by her was. So yeah, I've seen a very, um, a very, very deep transformation in, in the, our participants. And I think that's the most important result for us. It's not whether people create a business or not, um, or, you know, a project of some kind, because in uh, any entrepreneur, um, you know, there, there are a lot of reasons why your business might not work or you there are a lot of personal reasons why you might not become an entrepreneur right away um so i think the project is is secondary i think the most important is that you have this transformation um in led by her of, of like, like i said before becoming ceo of, of your own life and that you become a you know a different person um, and that you um, learn all these skills and tools um, to build to build your success concretely. Um, and this transformation is really, really, really what I think is at the heart of what we are trying to build with Led by Her. And the project, I think, comes then from this transformation, but it's, it's secondary to the transformation. And we've seen a lot of um, success stories of women who um, um, have built uh, businesses around their passions that can range from um, building a, a garage to um, doing image uh, styling to um, having jewelry brands to um, having art galleries um, and to um, having uh, businesses that make websites. So it's a very um, wide range of projects that we've seen. And um, to me, uh, what's so beautiful is that each woman, when you interview her, they will tell you that um, their life would have never been the same without led by her. So I think that's, that goes to say led by her is so much more than an entrepreneurship program and and that to us is is really important and and to keep creating um that effect uh among women and um and that that having that impact um so i think that's why also women want to keep helping us and keep our, being part of the led by her family a long time after they are done with um, the courses. Yeah, I can imagine, and th that should be one of the most beautiful reward you get when someone tells you that. Yeah. Uh, tell me, is there a, a specific person who have touched your heart from those? Oh my God, I, I really couldn't. I really could not say because I would get in so much trouble. <laughs> I wouldn't get in so much trouble. Um, but there's a, there are a lot of them who I think in time have even become friends and who I've built a, um, a very strong relationship with. And, um, and I think one of the things that one of the moments that I'm proudest of is usually when I meet the kids 
and the kids will tell you that their mother is completely different and that you know she's completely changed and that they're so proud of um so proud of their mother i think that's that for me is one of the most touching um touching moments that we have and we we usually have that when we have graduation and, and they come to see the, the graduation um but that to me is is the biggest compliment that's amazing uh and you mentioned the the whole ecosystem of led by her uh you have 250 volunteers today right exactly and a lot of partners i think around uh, so uh i guess it's a really hard job to do I, i've always believed that the toughest job is being jobless and then being a volunteer uh, how do you do on a daily basis to gather those uh people around your passion and uh, how do you make them own the project as well so i think it takes a lot of work um like we said um nothing comes without hard work uh so i think there, there are different aspects to it so one i think is the mission and i think you have to as a leader believe and embody in your your mission and um, people feel that you're living it. And so they will be attracted to you if they're attracted to that mission because they feel that you're, you're embodying it and your project is embodying it. And they, they um, will feel that they are um, in, in search of something, that they are in search of a project in which to invest themselves that represents them, that um, represents their ideals and their beliefs and, and that can match your mission. And, and that's the ideal volunteers that you want. Um, those who are very, very aligned with, with the mission and, and who really believe in it. Um, and then being the leader of volunteers is very different than being, um, a manager in a company because people are there only because of, um, their hearts and, um because they want to contribute so you have to be able to um to handle that and be able to uh deliver that motivation and that inspiration that moves their hearts so that they keep contributing and and that's um and that's a lot by how they see you as a leader and also by how you help them fit in in the organization and i think you know one of the beautiful things about led by her is that we have this really extensive program and we have events and we have all these things that we're doing and sometimes volunteers will contribute as little as, as a three-hour course for our program but we make them see that even that three-hour course is an essential part of this machine that transforms the lives of these women and that their contribution, however big or small, is part of this great life transformation that Led by Her is doing. And, and having that sense of purpose and impact is really key to um, motivating volunteers and keeping them with you. Great. Kudos to all the volunteers of Led by Her. Uh, so tell me more about one thing. Yeah. Obviously, you've been talking about Led by Her and it's such an amazing uh, experience, I guess. And I've been, I had the chance to, to, to talk to you many times and follow you and see what you're up to. Uh, but I guess such a unique experience comes with a lot of challenges and obstacles as well. Uh, what's, 
what's the most challenging for you running led by her? So I think the most um, challenging experience for me um, uh, running led by her is um, I, I would say because I'm a person of, um, of ideas and vision, it's actually um, not being able to do everything that I want to do and help all the people that I want to help. And, um, and, and sometimes um, I wish I could do so much more than, than, than I can. And, and that, that is the reality of the situation. So I think sometimes that, that reality um, comes back to me and, and, and <laughs> frustrates me um because i sometimes i do have so many ideas and projects that i i would think oh my god that would be so great to do this for women or women really need this um and of course running any organization has also has its daily challenges um but that's any project that you ever build will in as soon as you put it into out into reality will have everyday problems And I think you you just have to get through those everyday problems by connecting to your why and 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 connecting to the reason that you're there, and and hopefully that reason helps you find uh, a solution to whatever challenge you're facing. But um, that's just how life is. Any project, um, no matter how well you do things or no matter how much you plan. Um, there will always be things, there will always be problems, and there will always be things that will go not as, as you planned. So um, that's, a, I think, a daily, mm, yeah, it's just a daily practice of being an entrepreneur. And I think you get a little better at um, getting up a little more quickly uh, every time. Thank you so much. It's actually funny because you get you get a little bit better and at getting up quickly in both ways from bed in the morning and also when you fail and you fall. <laughs> That's what made me laugh. Uh, is there something you wish you had known when you started led by her? Um, I think I, if I, if I, there was something that I wish I would have known, um, uh, I think I didn't see the, all the challenges that would be there, but in a way that helped me actually do things. Um, but uh, I wish um, maybe before just launching myself into something that um, I, I had built a, a, a bigger vision of, um, of what I wanted to do myself and, and how led by her fit in that and um, how I saw my life in, in five or 10 years. And um, I think there was very little planning that went into building led by her. It was very rushed. And, um, and I, I, I um, kind of did everything scrambled to create a pilot program. And, and then from that pilot program decided that I would continue things. So I think it was built, um, <laughs> It was built a lot on um, sort of scrambling and and from one thing to the other. Uh, so I think in in the early days, I, I probably did not um, take the time enough to um, think about my strategy and vision 
So what's your vision and or more importantly, what's your why? Because you mentioned that in the formula in the previous question. Yeah. So I my why I is to contribute um to gender equality in this world, right? The World Economic Forum says it's going to take hundreds of years to achieve gender equality. So that's going to be outside of our lifetimes. But I think that if we actually do things proactively, um, we can change that timing. We can really accelerate things. And I want to be an accelerator of that change. And I think building programs like led by her that really impact the lives of women um, is part of how we can accelerate that change. And, um, you know, my why that drives everything that they, I do and, and also the things external to led by her is that I want to make this world a little more equal one human at a time. That's really beautiful. And which actually makes me wonder the first time I read your bio. So you went to Harvard, you got a master's from science school and LSE, you were working in a bank, you had the typical profile of someone who will succeed as a Ivy League graduate and business school in France. And then so at some point, everything changed. And I guess also it's part of what you were saying. It wasn't a lot of planning in what, what, what where you will, will you be in five years and 10 years. What made you made, make that decision of going from one path, which is almost drawn uh, already to going to the NGO world, to throwing everything, I mean, when they say uh, throwing everything, throwing all your passion into that vision and that why, do you think you couldn't have done it on the other side? Um, I, I don't. And I think that's one of the main reasons that I left my job was because I liked, um, I liked the mission. So I liked the why, but I, the what, how, did not really fit the temperament and person that I am because I know that I'm a person of ideas and projects and that I always need to be challenged that I always need to evolve and I always need to build new things. So for me, working in such an environment, I realized very quickly would not allow me to develop my best talents and, and do what I'm happiest in doing. Um, and there are other people who are, are a lot better at execution. And I think I am an awful employee because I think, <laughs> I think I couldn't follow somebody else's ideas <laughs> and do them. But there are other people who, who love doing that, who, you know, they, they want to be in, in, in the execution. So I think it's, it's about knowing yourself and, um, there is no formula in the world that's better adapted to one person or the other. And, and just like, there's no way of achieving your why, you know, or, or if you want to call it your how, um, which is how you achieve your why that's better than the other. I mean, somebody who is doing gender work in um, the UN is, is doing just as impactful work as, as myself. We're just doing it in different ways. So I think you, while, while your mission is important, I think you also really need to figure out the how and, and the how is just very personally linked to who you are fundamentally and, um, you know, how you best express those talents. I totally agree with you. 
But um, I have one more question about that. Do you have any regret today regarding all the decision you've made that led you to led by her? Do I have any regrets? Well, um, my I think my only my my only regret, and I probably said this earlier, is um, not able that I'm not able to do more. And um, if I could, there would be so much more that <laughs> that I would want to do. But I I have no regrets <laughs> about the the things that I built and and the mistakes that I made because that was the path that I was meant to be on. And that was, um, that was the way I, I was meant to learn things. So, um, you know, I think that's your mistakes are part of your path just because they're learnings, just like your successes. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really, um, that's really important to me, um, to be at peace with everything that you've, done and um and uh but i but like i said there there's so much so i have so many ideas and so many projects that um uh, i would love to have the time and resources to to develop and um and obviously I, i'm very i'm somebody who's very um frustrated by the fact that you can't do everything i can imagine uh so you're you're very passionate obviously about diversity and women empowerment and uh, uh, gender equality uh but what i love even more about you is uh, you found uh, um, another innovative approach to kind of uh spread that awareness which is starting a podcast uh called the other half and it's exclusive to male and uh leaders from around the world talking about gender equality because I personally believe that uh, the problem was we have today, besides obviously the inequality we're seeing everywhere, that also at some point we started excluding the men. And that's the biggest problem mm -hmm. in society. And I apologize in the name of all my gender. Uh, so you decided to go to the, the other half and uh, start the conversation to understand and to, to raise awareness. Uh, why did you start that? And uh, tell us more about that podcast and that whole experience yeah so i started the podcast because i was uh working as a conference speaker and i was doing a lot of conferences but i was seeing that uh in almost all the conferences that i was giving everything everybody was was female so it seemed like everybody in the room we were giving conferences and everybody in the room was a woman who was already convinced about gender equality so <laughs> I, as a, you know, I start to think, well, this isn't going to really change the way people think because we're not challenging anything here. And, and it's a lot of um, talking amongst ourselves. So I wanted to create an outlet for opening up the conversation and opening up the conversation to men to include them in the conversation, because I think gender equality is about creating a conversation gender equality is about um, creating a balance and we can't um, create that balance if we don't include men in the conversation so um, I became really interested in how can we create this new more equal reality with men and I started to interview male leaders and CEOs around the world 
um, so very diverse people about gender equality in their personal and professional lives because it was really important um, to me to um, show that it was a subject for men to talk about and that men, men were engaged in the topic as well. And uh, how, how is it going? Like, do you, uh, obviously I've seen, I've listened to a couple of your episodes and I've seen how engaged the men were, uh, but what's your biggest uh, belief in that podcast? Like uh, what's the outcome you're expecting from that? Yeah, I think the outcome that I'm expecting is not necessarily an, an outcome per se, but um, It's more about raising awareness, showing role models, and also raising awareness and opening the conversation. Because I think the, the problem is that um, we're not having the conversation of, about gender equality enough as a conversation in a way that people can express themselves and open themselves and um, feel that they can be vulnerable and that they can talk openly and that we can um, understand each other and, and, and maybe come to a mutual understanding. So it's about creating those spaces um, of awareness and learning that is important to me um, and to show examples of, of how we can do that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot. Uh, I know you have a lot of ideas, but let me throw another idea at you. Uh, are you thinking about led by him organization where you're going to teach the men about gender e equality and diversity? Um, so, uh, well, I think, I think I already do that through my podcast, but I would like to do more workshops and more work with men um, on this subject. I don't know if it's going to be its own, its own organization, but definitely that's in, um, in my plan. Cool. Well, count me in then. Uh, Kiara, you are such a beautiful soul and like you, you're a very optimistic person and you believe in a, in a world where everyone is equal and everyone uh, is happy uh, and, and I do the same. I, I do share this thought with you, uh, but don't you think it's a bit hard on a daily basis and how do you cope with that feeling? Because maybe sometimes it's a feeling of frustration of knowing that every day you have to fight that, the same fight and that you, and I honestly think we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't be uh, putting all that energy to, to, to have one right, uh, which is being equal to one another. Uh, so how do you cope with that? that? Anything that you do makes a difference. And, and that's why I say like one human, I'm happy to do it one human at a time. And I know that if I've changed one person or if I've done, you know, one micro action or if I've changed one person's way of thinking, that's enough. So I think you need to find the, um, that very small impact that makes a difference. And you have to know that uh, you have to feel that even, um, even though the impact is maybe not so measurable or so tangible in the context of the world, it does make a really big difference, no matter how small it is. Absolutely. And uh, what, what inspires you on a daily basis? Um, I, I would say a lot of things inspire me, um, but I think what inspires me a lot is um, the change that I've seen and, and the people's lives who I've helped or 
um, people who um, have come up to me after conferences to say that they think differently. Um, it's all that because that shows me it's concrete, you know, what you're doing. And, and sometimes it may seem really abstract when you're working on things and when you're in your corner or and um, things may seem really uh, remote, but then you know, those, those messages, they bring things back to reality and they say like, no, actually it is, it is helping somebody's life. It is, um, it is doing something and it is making a difference. And, and those little reminders are the thing that just inspires me to always do more. Uh, and I actually saw you also started a plat a digital platform, right? Yes. We have a digital platform that connects uh, women entrepreneurs to uh, experts to get help on their projects. So was that uh, because of the COVID or it wasn't an idea from the beginning? No, we've been working on it for about two years. And then I guess it came out with COVID. But I think that's going to be the next phase of, of Led by Her is to develop more digital tools so that we can uh, scale our work and um, impact more people. Cool. And uh, uh, before we move to the last section of our conversation, how is Led by Her doing today? Um, I th the organization is doing very well. I mean, we have have quite a few years of experience. So I, now I think we can capitalize on that experience and do new things. Thanks a lot. Uh, so um, we've covered a lot about Led by Her and also Kiara. Uh, but I want to move to the last section, which is more... Uh, hopefully inspirational for uh, for us and for all the listeners. Uh, first of all, uh, what's your best tip um, to make this world a better place? Um, you know, change yourself and you'll change the world. So I think everything starts with us because as individuals, we are um, at the center of everything. And I think the world is made of 8 billion individuals and you can't create world change without changing individuals. So I think we can start living our life according to our values and beliefs and um, other people will be changed by that and transformed by that. And we all have an ecosystem or a sphere of influence um, that we touch no matter who we are in this world. So I think we can st start by that and, you know, just like in gender equality, start with your own children, start with your interns, start with your colleagues, start with all those micro decisions that you make every single day. And if you build that awareness and responsibility in everything that you do, um, that's going to go very far and think how much world change we would have if 8 billion people did that. The, the ripple effect uh, kind of theory. Um, and how do you define your how do you define success and happiness? So I think um, success is comes with um, you being happy with yourself and being happy with where um, you are. And, and hopefully your external success matches your in internal uh, feeling of happiness. Um, otherwise, there is something that's not right. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's something that's very personal. I mean, you cannot say that success is the same for everybody. Success is is your own satisfaction that you have from um, the present moment and where you are today. And I I think that's um, 
you know, that that's for me, the only definition that can be true to everybody. And it means that what I think is success for me will be very different from what's success for another person. But the importance is that we're each um, happy with our present and, and with what we build. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Uh, <clears throat> do you have any favorite failure in your life? Yeah, well, I, I feel like I failed a, a lot of times. And um, and I think I really, um, I, I failed a lot. I've failed a lot of times with Led by Her. I, and I think that each of those failures has really um, taught me something. And I failed a lot of times with writing my book, um, which has been very difficult for me. Um, and I think it's good in a way because um, every, every time I feel like I failed, the next time that I did it, I did something better. Um, so uh, even for my book, which was a real struggle, and I've, I tried to write a book for many years and, and couldn't, um, I think when I finally did it, it was the right um, kind of, um, the right kind of thing that I wanted. And, and those failures helped me recognize that. That's amazing. And that's definitely uh, how I love to, to, to perceive failures and how I see that they can help us to get better eventually. Uh, before we move to our last question, uh, is there something I didn't ask you or something you want to share with the audience? Uh, feel free to, to tell us. Um, just if any people have ideas or projects that they want to do, my, my advice is always to do it as quickly as you can and figure out the first step that you can do with nothing and do it tomorrow. Don't procrastinate, just do it tomorrow because I think there's nothing better than time to kill good ideas. So um, I think you need to put your ideas into action right away because you know, the universe doesn't respond to ideas, the universe responds to action. So um, start figuring out, you know, what is the simplest thing that I can do with what I have today, and just really do it today. Um, and I think that's the best way to start. Because um, I think a lot of us wait and um, complexify ideas in our heads so much that we're so we get become afraid of building them. So my, my first step would be build right away and then you'll figure things out and then you'll keep building. But um, don't stop yourself from starting. I love it, uh, which actually makes me think about, um, I forgot the person who said it, but I would, I would quote him. Uh, someone said, if you're proud of your website the day you launch it, it means it's too late. The first version, you shouldn't be proud of the first version of your website. And I love it. Like that's, that's the spirit that I'm, I'm embodying in whatever I'm doing. Thanks a lot, Kiara. And where, where can we connect with you and where can we find mm. you? So um, I think you can connect with me with any social media. Kiara Condi, you'll find me. And, um, and uh, you can go on my website, kiaracondi.com, or you can also go on the Live by Her website, ledbyher.org, uh, and you can find me on all social networks. Well, thanks. We'll definitely put all these links on the episode notes. Um, and which leads me to, to the last question of this conversation. And uh, Kiara, what would you do if you knew you had one day 
one week or one month to leave? Um, I would spend it with those who are dearest to me. I, and I think the only thing that you bring with you when you die are uh, memories and um, the love um the love of people you leave behind so i think there's there's nothing more valuable than than that and um and i think you know that i think that's the only thing that could make you happy when you're dying and the only thing you probably think of thanks a lot cara uh it's been a real pleasure thank you for your time thank you for your passion thank you for everything you're doing out there for all the women uh i hope uh this message will get to many women that would be part of the organization as a volunteers as participant uh i hope that the organization keep on impacting lives and uh and i hope you'll keep on growing and uh, inspiring people like you do thanks again thank you very much for having me it's thank been you. a pleasure you're welcome and uh thanks for our all our listeners uh that was the now i see me podcast see you next week This podcast is powered by House of Ichigo, a company that's redefining the art of gathering. Now I See Me is hosted by me, Sabri Ben-Radia, and produced by Ludovic Schneiderovich and Eleanor Balsam. And, of course, their company's signature film. <laughs>